All around me there are skyscrapers growing atop each other, growing like weeds, growing like a great thorn bush, threading through itself, weaving impossible knots out of steel and glass that stretches on for miles across the landscape. It's a living, breathing testament to the glory of human ingenuity, reflecting the milky blue sky back at itself, shining in the sun like a great glistening turd crapped out by a frustrated god. My name is Anonymous Cubed. I'm a detective and sometimes a paranormal investigator, and for one hour I was sent several decades into the future and allowed to go wandering about like an aimless ghost, capable of perceiving, but incapable of interacting or truly comprehending. It was old Dr. Buzzkill who sent me there. He'd devised some strange dream machine that could send my consciousness into the future through an accelerated application of basic remote viewing principles and something to do with a large magical dog. Basically, he got me really high on this tea he brewed from mushrooms which he'd gathered from some old unused subway tunnels. Then he set me on a slow-moving centrifuge and put on the album Reckless by Brian Adams. At first I just felt a little nauseous, but I always feel that way when somebody puts on a Brian Adams album. Then the drugs finally kicked in and instantly I felt dizzy and all off balance and I had to close my eyes. But when I opened them, I found myself standing in Terminal Terminal City City 2099. Shock you, Jack! Yelled a passing pedestrian psychic who could perceive the faint outline of my ghostly projection. Go back to yesterday, you time-displaced glitchwad. So, that really set the tone for my trip. The future was much like the present, but just more so. Fabrics were thinner... Information was more dense. Hairstyles had ranged out like various breeds of tropical birds trying to attract attention with increasingly outlandish displays. Flying cars drifted between shimmering skyscrapers on preset paths controlled by electromagnetic waves. The cars bobbling slowly overhead like sad fat whales being held in captivity and forced to do tricks. Down a quiet alley which had been painted with a luminescent fungus, eliminating the need for electric lights, I saw a young person dancing to the noise generated by the grinding gears of a broken dumpster. The dumpster's molecular destabilization mechanism had dislodged from its housing, resulting in a series of atonal sounds which were being mistaken for a new type of music by the young dancer who was clearly out of their mind on drugs. Some sort of synthetic optical rift generator, the kid must have gotten installed just behind their eyeballs, which manifested a series of subconscious fractal light patterns that made the user feel like they were having sex in the middle of a giant birthday cake made of cocaine while receiving the Nobel Prize for awesomeness. I pitied the poor youth, but I also envied their sweet, 
dance moves, which went far beyond anything seen in our comparatively primitive time period. In the restaurant district, there was only one singular place to eat, and it was called Food Here Now. Its menu was the size of a phone book and more complicated than advanced algebra. When you ordered from the friendly service robot, you were free to create a meal from almost any assortment of molecules known to humanity, but only if you could input the proper series of codes needed to activate the meal. I saw mathematicians grow fat while playwrights and novelists starved, wasting away into dust and unheard elevator pitches. The sex district was a wild ride, literally. It was a series of enclosed tubes like a complex webbing of water slides. Modular in design, the tubes were full of a self-sanitizing lubrication gel which tasted like vanilla yogurt and was very difficult to choke on. Participants merely took an elevator up to the top of the entry chute and then paid an exorbitant amount of money to join what was basically an ongoing orgy of total strangers. As near as I could tell, there was no way to leave the sex district, and once satisfied participants had completed all forms of sexual congress, their weakened bodies would be consumed by newer entries to the district, who required a great deal of fuel for their forthcoming energy expenditures. The bad part of town was still the bad part of town, but now it was full of multicultural mutant spiders who hung out in street gangs that chaotically ran most of the small-time crime. These were big spiders, the size of healthy horses, who tended to wear long leather jackets and put their hair slicked back into old-school pompadours. I saw a pack of a half dozen or so kicking an old man near to death in the street just for the crime of carrying a rolled up newspaper, which I guess was still pretty offensive to the giant mutant spiders. And there were newspapers, like way more than there are today. I couldn't figure that part out until I watched somebody dispose of one. Turns out, in the future, newspapers are edible. Not that they're printed any differently than the newspapers of today. It's just that, in the future, people are a lot more hungry. A little splash of ketchup, and the sports section goes right down like a toasted bagel greased up with cream cheese. The highlight of my trip was when I got to see a public execution. A young man who was being put to death for the crime of being a graffiti artist had requested that his body be blown up in the center of downtown. But, unbeknownst to the authorities, the little criminal had filled his guts with illegal fireworks and genetically modified house paint. This meant that when they blew him up, the sky was instantly awash with brilliant clouds of salmon pink marbled with thick rivers of honey yellow. And when the stuff came down like a neon rain, it turned out to be entirely toxic, which was no big deal to me, the psychic ghost projection or whatever I was, but it turned out to be fairly catastrophic to the assembled audience who'd come to watch the poor street artist be bursted into what they expected to be harmless particles of rust-colored sand. 
That motley crew wound up having their skin dissolved down to their bones, even as they begged and cried for mercy from an apathetic sky. I don't know. See me? I like graffiti. But sometimes it's hard to judge these future people, what with all their strange future ways. There were no birds in the year 2099. I guess they'd all flown out into space sometime around 2072. Turns out they didn't need to breathe air. They'd just been faking that all along. Once they were gone, though, roaming insect hordes had sort of become a problem. It hadn't really been an issue until they entered the workforce and started voting for their own candidates, enacting a lot of grand social change at a much higher rate than more traditionally minded humans were prepared for. There was a lot of ice cream in the future. I guess it was kind of a problem. The stuff had been piling up for decades, but nobody wanted to eat any of it until a few basic questions could be answered, like, where was it coming from? And why weren't there any conventional flavors, like vanilla or strawberry? Instead, this stuff tended to be found in clumps seasoned with tastes like oregano, salami, and through the Pacific Northwest, Sort of a minty horseradish. Terrible stuff, but you couldn't keep the wild rats from rolling in it, and from there, the smells were spread throughout the cities. The mysterious ice cream was considered one of the six modern-day plagues of 2099, along with cable news celebrities, poisonous tree frogs, and a few other things I neglected to learn about. Eventually, I had to return to the past, or the present, or wherever now is. It was an experience which was a bit like I imagine as how dust feels when the vacuum pulls it from the carpeting. Like some great force of wit and whimsy had lifted my soul out of purgatory and put it high up on the top shelf of the universe where it could get plenty of sunlight and positive attention. I woke up in a body that ached and smelled like somebody had taken a soft crap in the pockets of my pants, which turned out to be true. Some transient came in while you were out, explained Dr. Buzzkill's temporal technology technician. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he might have had some sort of stomach flu. The technician then returned to me all of my metal possessions, except for three dollars in dimes, which Dr. Buzzkill took as payment for my trip. He'd melt those dimes down and turn them into one great big super giant dime, which he had some nefarious plan for. I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. I'd already been told too much. But I'd seen it. My city in the year 2099. The future. It's a hell of a place to haunt, but I don't know if I could ever afford to live there. I guess that's tomorrow's problem, though, the poor bastard. You hope he's going to be okay, but believe me, I've been to the times ahead, and if there's one thing I learned, it's that nothing's ever certain. Not even the past. I'm Anonymous Cubed, and now you know some stuff you didn't know previously. Unless this isn't your first time hearing this.